2: Welcome to the latest edition of the All's Caps podcast with former capitalist defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino, and we are joined by NBC Sports Washington's Andrew Gillis. Andrew, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It should be fun.
2: Yeah, so we're in the middle of a, of a, of a long break now for the Capitals, a, a five-day break. And before I get your thoughts, Carl, on, on kind of what these breaks do, because we've talked about this a few times, Andrew, your, your thoughts on kind of where this team stands right now and, and maybe the benefit of a break like this going into it's kind of a stretch run here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a weird couple of weeks, I think, because you look at how well they played. In March, I mean, they played two of their best games of the year. I thought against against Carolina, they won four to nothing in Mantha's return. They beat them in the shootout, and then you get kind of smacked by them uh, about a week ago. And now we're we get four days off leading into this little break. I, I think that it's it's a it's just going to be weird to look at the rest of the season because we're here. Like this is the playoff stretch. This is the end of the year. And if if this team is going to do anything in the playoffs, you kind of look at the opponents that are coming down the pipe. And this is it. I mean, if you don't turn it on now, I think it's now or never.
2: Yeah, and, and Carl, uh, five-day break. I'm sure guys are getting a couple of days off in here. Is it is it good at this time of year or is it bad this time of year to have five days off?
0: You know what? I think it's really good. Um, I, I I like that you have some time to rest. You know, the, the coaching staff, the trainers can figure out who needs, who needs some days to just not do anything and, and get back at least to as close to even as possible. But also just like towards the end of the year you don't get that much time to practice because guys are tired you want to you want to have have guys just you know take some time to to do a reset but also you can now kind of work on a few things that you haven't been able to work on right you can you can shore up some of the some of the d zone stuff some of the neutral zone you can you know because we kind of already know which teams are going to be in the playoffs on on this side you can start game planning a little bit. You know, that was one of the things that was, was so great about uh, Todd Reardon and Barry Trotz and, and Lane and, and Blaine with that staff is that, is that when we, we, well, we were a good team, so we knew we were going to be in the playoffs, but we started practicing gearing up towards, you know, how are we going to play against the New York or a Pittsburgh or the Islanders? And then, and we would, and we would work on different types of neutral zones and, and D zones that, you wouldn't really want to do if you were actually in a race, and so having having five days off where you can, you can watch more video, you can be a little bit more specific in practice, if that's what this coaching staff thinks they need to do. Um, otherwise, you you use it to just rest, get the mind right, and you know have some fun in practice. Like there's a few different ways you can go about it, but but at this time of year, it's, you're pretty fortunate to have that kind of a break.
2: Yeah, and and that that Carolina game the other day, obviously a blowout loss, but. The, the, the hit by Tom Wilson on Vincent Trocheck and, and his fight with Brendan Smith, this is what Tom Wilson brings to this team, right, Andrew? I mean, not only can he, can he score a power play goal or go right after the power play, but he, he answers the bell in those kind of situations and, and, and really juices up a crowd and a team.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought him up because I think if you look at just what the Capitals are as a team, what their makeup is. And, you know, like Carl said, you kind of look around the rest of the East and see who, you know, could be a potential playoff matchup, who the teams are going to be. I think the path to victory is pretty clear for Washington, and it's that you just be an awful team to play against. And that's, I think, I mean, obviously you have Ovi, you have Kuznetsov, but I think that starts with Tom Wilson because Tom Wilson is the guy – I mean, I think he's one goal away right now from setting a career high or at least tying his career high for goals in a year. That is just a guy that nobody wants to game plan for, and I think that that is kind of the way that you're going to have to win and not only win down the stretch but win in the playoffs too. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Carl, you, you, what, what do you make of, of Tom? I mean, you obviously played with him earlier in his career. He has just become a, an all-around player. We talk about Alex Ovechkin all the time, but the what Tom Wilson can do physically, he is going to have a career he's already has a career high in points. He's going to have a career high in goals most likely. This is like the most complete Tom Wilson we've seen.
0: Well, yeah, and it's it's I it's fun to watch his career arc because he's he's done a little bit of everything, you know. Like he's truly worked his way up from from grinding it out on the fourth line to fighting everybody to making it on the, on the, on the top line and, and all-star game and all that stuff. So you kind of, you really appreciate a player like him. Um, he's also had some, some controversy and, and suspensions and all that, but um, he's, he's done all this trying to carve out a, you know, a, a career and, and a good niche that, that he has specifically. There's, there's so few players in the league that can, do everything the way he does and it's it's tough because you want them to play on that edge and you don't want them to cross it but you know sometimes you do when you play that style of game but i think that the team is it's most dangerous when they have its you know I, I guess you could say most dangerous player playing that way and uh you know i know some teams have beefed up you know the rangers have picked up reeves and and all that stuff it, it just just in case they they need something like that but you can't match skill and ice time with with Tom uh, as a as a Ryan Reeves, and so uh, when it comes to the playoffs, yeah, you you want to beat up on teams as much as you can within the rules, and and wear them down. You know, you you take full advantage of of seven games, and if I know that that the puck's coming in my corner and, and Tom is bearing down on me. You know, in, in game one or two, I'm, I'm taking these hits and, and trying to make the play. But come come game six and seven, I'm rethinking things a little bit, you right. know, and and there's other guys that can do it too. But, you know, he's, he's the most obvious and it's just fun to see that he's come full circle. And, and when he's at his best, I mean, that's it's a weapon that that no other team really has in the league.
2: Yeah, it was noticeable, actually, the, the other day after that Trochak hit. And it, in, in real time, it looked clean. But Tom was looking at the at the, the screen on the bench, just making sure, like, I didn't get a piece of the head, right? I mean, that's because there, there is a little bit of that edge, Andrew, like, as, as Carl talked about, of Tom Wilson playing on the edge, that if that's a half an inch lower, it might be a suspension.
1: Yeah, and over the last couple of years, I think, you know, I think it was that Sunquist hit uh, was, I think it was 2018. I think, really, if you look at his play since then, he, there there seems to be a concerted effort to to make sure everything he does is within the rules, to make sure that what he's doing is allowed. And, and when you have a player playing like that, like Carl said, I mean, like it doesn't make sense. I mean, what was the quote a couple of years ago? I think it was Merrick who reported that, you know, Ryan Reeves told a Eastern Conference team, you know, I am the solution to your Tom Wilson problem. Well, the problem is you can't line match a guy like that because sure he can, you know, he can be physical and he can do all of those great things. He can penalty kill, he can do all that. But he can put pucks in the net too, and, and when you kind of add that into his game, like you've mentioned, it's it's so hard to stop a guy like that. And when you're playing within the rules, I mean, there's not really much you can do. Yeah. Well, before we get to, to
2: some more kind of like fun questions, one more hockey thing on on just Carolina, and I'm eager both your thoughts. First, first you, Andrew, on what do you think a Carolina Washington series would look like if it's Hurricanes Capitals in the first round.
1: Well, my my blood pressure is going to go up because those deadline <laughs> stories would be pretty pretty. Difficult to write um, and I, I, I would have a feeling that there'd be a few more of those uh, few more of those hits where people kind of raise their, raise their attention to, but um, yeah, I, I think that like Washington Pittsburgh has always kind of been, that's the matchup, right? Like that's the matchup. Everybody wants to see that's Ovechkin, you know, Cry. Everybody wants to talk about it, but I think it just from what I've seen this year, I think it would be the most fun a playoff matchup for the caps. I think it would be the most entertaining And, I mean, you've got every storyline possible there. you got La Violette and Brenda Moore. I I just think that it would be a fun, physical series. And I think over the last couple of years, they've kind of grown to dislike each other. And it would be – man, it would be physical. I I don't know if Washington would win it, but I think it would be wildly, wildly intense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I. (laughs) I don't know what it is, and maybe, maybe it was just my—I guess my my years of playing against Carolina. But when I when I look at them, I think you know that's a that's a team to beat. You know, we we could beat that team as the Capitals. Um, and and I still feel that way, and that's you know part <laughs> part of just my old mindset, I guess. Uh, is that's what I see, and you know, and I guess this last month um, playing them, whatever it was, three times and winning, winning two, and you know, losing one in a, a little bit ugly fashion but um i I still have that mindset so i i think it would be a series that would be somewhat favorable um for the caps to be honest uh even though carolina is such an exciting team to watch like what they can do sometimes they play so fast and there's just so much skill and it seems like so much chemistry everybody's out there speaking Finnish to each other and and making (laughs) no look plays and stuff it's just one of those one of those teams that is very exciting but in my opinion, that would be the matchup. Yeah, I, I would like that matchup um, of, of the other potential ones.
2: Yeah, and, and, and Capitals did win three of four games this season against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, potential first-round matchup, obviously. Uh, when we come back on All's Caps, talk a little bit about kind of Andrew and, and what he does covering this team, uh, and later on, Carl's Stupid Questions.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th
2: Welcome back to the All's Caps podcast with former Capitals defenseman Carl Allsner and NBC Sports Washington's Andrew Gillis. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. A- Andrew is, is, I guess, newer to the game. I'm the old guy here, uh, the old guy of, of a of the group here, uh, but also Tarik Al Bashir and I have been covering this team off and on for a decade. You're Relatively new to this, also do some Wizard stuff. I'm just curious your impression of covering the Capitals. And I know it's different in the Zoom world and kind of the no open locker room world, but what are your impressions of covering this team at this stage of the game after they win a championship, after you growing up kind of being a Capitals fan in, in this area?
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty weird. Uh, I was actually talking to somebody last night, and, you know, I was like, I have, uh, there's all the news with locker rooms are kind of opening back up to media now. And I was like, I haven't been in an open locker room in two years. So, you know, I've covered the Caps now and and the Wizards for for 13 months, for 14 months. And I don't think I've, you know, I've talked to four guys, maybe one-on-one. Like everything has either been over Zoom or everything has been in a press conference setting. Um, And it's it's weird um, just because there's not like the, you know, sometimes it feels more like transactional. And I don't like that. Like sometimes it's cool to just walk up to a guy and be like, hey, man, like, how's life like you know you just kind of shoot the breeze with him and and kind of see how he's doing um and, and and it's cool like you know with um you know i, I mean i got the zoom thing for a while now I'm, now I'm done um and you know like going back to what the uh, second part of that question was you know i like when i said i grew up in the area i grew up a fan of the team um so like it's kind of funny like being like on this podcast um, and just being like, oh yeah, like Carl Olsner, like I have his phone number now. Um, <laughs> and just like sitting, like, I'm like, stay, I remember like, I, you know, I have a couple of friends that, you know, they'll like, oh, I you know, I heard your question on the, on the uh, Caps post game show or whatever it is. And it's like, it, it's just weird to kind of be in that situation, like having gone to so many games as a kid and interviewing players that like I grew up rooting for and stuff like that. It, it's a pretty unique experience. Well, and, and that's so. That's I think we had.
0: Why I think we had mentioned this at one point? But when when you become when you grow up with a team and you're a fan of the team and and the players that are involved and all that, do you feel like it's harder to be hard on your team? You know, when you're when you're right. I know your job is to be to not really have a button, I guess, and you want to re- report things as straight as possible, but. Do you, do you find yourself looking on the bright side or are you the opposite where it's kind of like, you know, it's my team, like harp on them because, you know, I've, I followed them for as long as it is. Like, I'm always trying to put a pause spin on it. You know, like I want to, I want to be like, you know, this guy made this play, but he probably made it because of these reasons, you know, it wasn't his fault. He didn't make a stupid play. There was all these, all these other things that led to him making that decision So how does that, how does that come across for you? Do you try and defend your team
1: or are you just trying to shoot it straight? Well, I I think when I first started, I was, I was actually kind of worried that I was going to be too hard because like I, I was sitting there and I was like, I, like I knew everything about the team. I knew kind of everybody on the team and I was just like, Oh okay. You know, now like, okay, now you can't, you know, be reckless with whatever you say. You kind of have to tone it down. You have to be professional with what you say. You have to kind of approach what you're doing professionally um, so that I thought that I thought was kind of the way that I, I tried to approach it. Um, cause like you said, you obviously want to shoot it down the middle, but you know, there, there are times when you're like, okay, like, do I know this just like, is this fact? Is this like an opinion that I used to have? Like y- you, you kind of have to balance that out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think at first, like, I think now it, it's kind of normalized a little bit, but when I first started, I was like, okay. Like, I need to reread everything I say, every tweet I send, every article I write, because I can't be the guy that's, like, just blasting them for no reason when, you know, that's just what I had as a prior opinion, you know?
2: And what I what I always did and, and still do now is I consider that everything, every word I'm going to write is going to be read by right. everyone on every team. Like, like it's not obviously going to happen, but if I'm going to write something and anybody's going to question it, I want to be able to, to justify, this is why I wrote it. And and have complete faith in it, so that if Carl, like if I wrote something, say Carl, turn the puck over on this play, that you can come to me, like yeah, this is why I turn it over, or we can have a discussion where I could justify what I'm writing.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing that that you'll enjoy about being in, in person, you know, is where you can actually have those oh, discussions. Sure. Active if you do need to defend uh, defend something that you say, because you know it's a uh, it's a delicate balance, because then you get guys like the the guys who do the color in uh, in Boston there who the <laughs> I want to listen to them. I'm from Boston. <laughs> no one else wants to listen because it's you know it's it's, it's a one way street. So I think people appreciate you know when you can kind of uh, can tell both sides uh, with showing maybe a little bit of a little bit of hometown flair if that's who you're writing for. But at the same time, you know you know you want to you want to read about the game. You don't want to you don't want to read and make it sound like oh the, the the Caps were Caps were the best team on the ice, but they actually lost for nothing. You know like you, you need to. Need to be a little bit uh a little bit open i guess but yeah i mean as a player i'll just say it's always nice when you when you hear good things <laughs> just, just uh you know if you can you don't wanna you don't want to sugarcoat it too much but you always love when someone's you know giving you a fair shake and you know if i can give any advice i guess it would be to uh you know you're always trying to find out trying to find out every angle you know get every answer that you can because uh because the players end up respecting it a little bit more and then you find that you're gonna get better answers and more time and better conversations. And it's, it's, it's a very, very delicate balance. And you don't want to feel like you're stucking up to anybody at any point, but it's, it's the truth.
2: Yeah. And, and, and in-person locker room, open locker room will help that whenever it comes back at some point, whether it's playoffs or next season, just to take everybody behind the curtain on this. uh, We as a media core, um, we're degenerate gamblers um, for sure. We bet on spot the cow during games we bet on what section the cow is spotted in andrew early in the season is like i really want in on this did, didn't you win one of these spot the cows andrew
1: yeah uh and i really pissed wino off when i did it um the <laughs> it was like the we were i mean this was probably like november december this early on like every um uh my coworker jj he was like every game he would like get all excited get all ready for the spot the cow thing and one day I, I, you know, I like, I was kind of like shy and I didn't really want to be like, Hey man, I, I, but eventually I was just like, you know what? Like might as well. So they threw me in the group chat and it was like the third one. And I like, I think there before had ever luck, there only been, be uh, yeah. I, what did there had only been like one winner before that? Yeah. right. I think it was one. And then, but I won like $70 on like, the like, oh. so literally within 30 seconds, Wino comes over and just like slams $10, like right next to my laptop. He's like I need a dollar back and like storms back to his seat. <laughs> it was a pre- it was pretty funny. Like I <laughs> I almost felt bad about winning, but that was the breaks.
2: We are not we're not high stakes, Carl, like like some of maybe your golf bet or your <laughs> poker or, or or poker on the plane, but like we, we we do get into it on something like this.
1: Hey, a
0: win's a win. It doesn't really matter what you're betting on. You just want to beat people. Exactly. I would uh, yeah, for sure. Like I'm trying to think of what other bets you guys can do like when when the first TV timeout's going to come, like at what that would be crazy even for us, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, but oh yeah, man, yeah, I, I think, I think game winning goal. The broadcasters do game winning goal, so that's that's a uh, that's a major one too. But uh, when we come back on 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 All Caps, uh, Andrew Gillis will be the latest victim of Carl's stupid questions. Welcome back to the all Caps podcast. I'm IP hockey writer Steve Wino with former Capitalist Defenseman Carl Alsner and NBC Sports Washington's Andrew Gillis. And now Carl's favorite portion of the show, Carl's Stupid Questions.
0: Yeah, so I just wanna I just wanna let this be known. This is my my blue notebook. It's got my my Caps NHL alumni logo on it. And uh, the other day cleaned up the house because we had something going on and and someone put it in a in a cabinet that it should never have been in. And I was panicking. I'm like, this is where all my questions are. My my <laughs> stupid questions are in here. All my scoring and I'm like I also have notes from my uh from my other job my my job for cat and I'm like what the heck am I gonna do like I got lost everything how am I gonna do this podcast and I found it so I'm happy I'm happy that I'm back and I got one new question here that I want to ask uh that I'm gonna throw in the mix as well so should be should be a good time you ready let's do it First one here is um, what what would be your dream? Well, first of all, are you you're, you're born and raised in the D.C. area?
1: Yeah, born and raised in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. Okay. So, what would be your dream place to live? Dream place to live, uh, Hawaii. So I've I've, <laughs> I've never I've never been, and uh, I know it sounds stupid that I would want to you know move somewhere sight unseen. Um, but as Wino and I have discussed a couple of times, I am not and. Uh, an experienced traveler. I have not really been to a lot of places, um, but I feel like going to Hawaii, you just, you kind of adopt the mentality and the mindset of being in Hawaii and you can just live carefree, kind of relax. You don't really have, it feels like just people in in Hawaii, just stress doesn't exist. So I I feel like that would be a good spot to live. Okay.
0: Hawaii is for sure top three on my list. Night unseen, you saying that, we've bought... Two or three different places, sight unseen. So I'm 100%. That's a hell of an answer. I have three, three pluses right next to Hawaii <laughs> football. I'll remember that.
1: What's your late night snack or guilty pleasure? Oh, man. Um, I have a few of them. Um, <laughs> uh, so the one that I can never buy, like the like the full actual size things at the grocery store, I always have to buy like the snack size, Cheez-Its. I burn through cheese it's like nobody's business um so whenever you know it's really difficult sometimes because you get home from like a caps game or a wizards game and it's like 12 30 and you're kind of you're like oh, i'm gonna be up for another two hours and throw on a movie or something and if i have a box of cheese it's there it's gone like it, i swear to god i will eat the entire thing in a day or two it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> nice I should. I mean some people go salty, some people go sweet. And I feel like right. I feel like salty is the safe choice to go late night That's instead fair. of sugar in the system. But but I've never really dug into the Cheez-Its, but I'm gonna put that on my list now.
2: Oh wait, wait, gold, goldfish or Cheez-Its?
1: Because I'm I'm a goldfish guy. Okay. So I think Cheez-Its taste better, but goldfish are just goldfish is almost like popcorn to me, where like if I eat Cheez Its, you could put, you know, it's like one or two in your mouth. Like if you, if I take goldfish, I'm it's taking a like pile, yeah. a handful and I'm like shoveling it <laughs> into my mouth. Um, so I, I prefer Cheez Its, but I mean, it's goldfish and cheese. I almost said goldfish, um, but <laughs> Cheez Its are, yeah, Cheez Its, Cheez Its and goldfish for me. I feel like
0: the experience of eating a Cheez Its is, is nicer than the goldfish. The goldfish is kind of hard. I agree with you. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I'll respectfully come- disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> Okay, Now we're going because this is my, my new favorite question is ugliest fruit or vegetable. I'm curious. Uh, it takes people some time to figure out what's what to, what's to answer. And I just saw one yesterday at this Indian market and it was hilarious. It's a long squash. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that different from the regular squash. And uh, I highly recommend a Google on that one because it's, it's a, uh, it's a pretty entertaining vegetable.
1: So, uh, I, I've listened to this podcast a couple of times and I remember the first time you asked that it was literally an, it, it's a parsnip or parse. I don't even know how to say it, but it's like a colorless carrot. Like if you look at it, it's just basically like, imagine if you just sap the color out of a carrot and then they can get these like spindly little leg things on them. Like, I don't know if they come out of the root or whatever, but it looks literally like something you'd see in a horror movie. It's like like, it's something like some like goblin thing that's like a ghost that's got like eight different legs like it it's like it like it scares you and i'm like i don't even know how people eat this i don't know what it tastes like and i never will um because (laughs) it's just because it just looks awful well when somebody purees it for you nicely
0: with some butter and (laughs)
1: yeah
0: in its original form, yeah, it's, it's a good answer. It's the first thing that went through my mind too is it's a perfect Halloween vegetable. It's like colorless, like a ghost. Like. It's a good description too. You're getting bonus points here. <laughs> okay, so this one I audibled on this question because because you're you're young, right? How old, how old are you? I'm 25. 25, okay. So I wanted to ask you, because I've noticed here in this area that when new houses go up, it's a whole lot of house and not a whole lot of yard. And I'm curious... When you when you buy your first
1: house, do you want a whole lot of house or a whole lot of yard? I, I, so I'm assuming the pretext is that I live in this area. Yes. Okay. Um, in Hawaii. I think. It, what's that one? In Hawaii, maybe. Well, <laughs> see, you know, see, I think the answer varies depending on where you yeah, live. But so I do. think here, I think here, I take a whole lot of yard because a whole lot of yard you can just there's not a lot of, whole lot of yard places, especially as you kind of get closer to to DC. Like you're in Arlington, you're in Fairfax, you're in like part, most of Loudon. You're not really kind of, you can get a whole lot of house everywhere. You can't get a whole lot of yard and like just having a barbecue, having it, like if you have a big enough yard for a pool, like there are just more things you can do that are unique to a big yard than a big house. So I would rather the big yard.
0: Perfect. The follow-up question is, are you maintaining your own yard or are you having a landscape company? Or have you not I've, even thought <laughs> things yet?
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, no. So if I had enough money, I'd have a landscaping company. I wouldn't lift a finger. Um, but, <laughs> you know, there, I, there, there is something soothing about cutting the grass, I think. Um, that, like, you just throw on a podcast, you throw on music, and you just... An hour, 45 minutes, whatever it's going to take. But, I mean, if I had enough money... I'm choosing a landscaping company. I'm not doing anything. Okay, <laughs> perfect.
2: Where, Carl, where are you at on the yard thing? I mean, you you got some space there at the new house, right?
1: I mean, a
0: little bit, not a ton. I'm going to see if I can turn you guys around here so you can see. I've, my grass is coming in nice and green. That's nice. I'm pretty proud of I got a big uh, a big uh, shipment of, of playground sand coming on Monday. It's spring break for the kids, so they're going to help me. But you use playground sand to kind of level out your level out your grass, right? Your yard, so it's not so bumpy. Because when they throw down the turf here, they they're throwing it down for speed, not a whole lot of love all the time. So we're going to be spreading that throughout the whole uh, front and backyard, and I think we got like three tons of sand coming, so quite a bit. And then we're going to try and flatten it out. I want to turn it into a bit of a a fairway fairway look, if possible. Yep. Nice reel mower, and get that going. So. Yeah, I'm a. That's a good answer because I love the yard. I love doing my own landscaping, cutting the grass, you know, making sure the edges look good and, and get it all tight. So the problem is, Why know as you know, with dogs, it, oh, yeah. the inevitable you know burn spots from uh, from their pee. So I got I got a bunch of those in the back that just piss me off every morning. So you know, I try and just deal with it. But anyways, yard is uh, big big for me. Okay, question five is, uh, what, what, who's your
1: celebrity crush? Oh man so now or for like ever who would you marry <laughs> um so r- i remember it was i was it, i think it was megan fox she was in uh was it transformers, transformers yeah. and like i remember like i was um like i saw that and i was just like oh like that's it but i think um it would be no you know what actually i'm going to scratch megan fox i'm going to say Mila kunis um Ooh. Mila Kunis. Um, I actually just watched the other day, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, so maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind, but I think it's Mila Kunis.
0: Lovely answer. Why don't I, I want to ask yours so bad, but I'm saving it for when I do the The mega mega question with you, so yeah.
1: When we when we do these
2: questions, and then we do the bottle kill episode, we're gonna get the to the bottom a lot of some a lot of things. Bottle kill,
0: yeah, because because Wino's just been biting his tongue on so many of these answers. You know, he he wants to really let loose here. So I'll be. be,
2: I'm I'm probably gonna finish dead last. I'm probably the. uh, I'm. I'm, I'm, After even after hearing all these questions and knowing what you like, I'll probably still finish dead last.
0: (laughs) We've never had anyone have minus points before. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Last question here. This, this will determine a lot. Okay. What's your favorite board game?
1: Favorite board game. Wow. That's a tough one. That is a very tough one. Um, I got to say Risk. I think I really, really like Risk. Um, uh, me and I, I used to play that all the time when I was growing up. Uh, it, was like, it was like one of those games where like, you know, when you're growing up as a kid and um, – you know your friends would be like oh you know let's go do this let's go like who wants to play board games but like risk was like the one where you were like all right this is different so i think risk is my answer there good choice
0: we we used to play on the plane there's a few of us but me and jay beagle um Aaron patty sometimes we would uh, we'd get on the plane kind of get settled and then you'd hear beags just like pop up and just be like we're risking it and then sure <laughs> Pop out their phone or their iPad or whatever. We had this massive game of risk going, so I'm a big risk fan as well. So
1: well, and the other thing with that too is that like these games can last like, hours. hours. Like yeah. you can you can go like it's not like a game. You know, you play Monopoly, somebody can screw you over in you know 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and it's over. Everybody's fun is done. And like the more you get invested into it, the better it is. So I, I think that that kind of played a part into it too.
0: Yeah, you you want to you want to see people that are committed to the long game, right? right exactly. 5 minute fun fun gave you want. you want 2 hours um right yeah
2: monopoly okay. is banned in my family's house we had too many fights we got too competitive monopoly got banned <laughs> no risk uh, monopoly is banned risk we played it it was too long as kids uh we play clue every holiday
0: monopoly, oh nice that,
2: that that that's 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 our our family
0: tradition for board games we uh we played monopoly i can't remember if maybe i don't know half a year ago and mandy she doesn't play <clears throat> never played a ton of monopoly not her favorite and i kept asking her to make a trade make a trade and she finally was like fine like if if, if you think this is a fair trade i'm like it's 100 a fair trade ended up working out so good for me just randomly and her <laughs> and safe to say we have never played since she thinks that i'm a cheater and uh, obviously is now technically banned in our house too so i'm with you um <laughs> add these up this is gonna be this is gonna to be tough okay Hawaii was amazing sight unseen answer was great cheese it's I can dig it parsnip love that too uh, creative you had an answer for it the yard great job wish you'd do the landscaping yourself <laughs> Mila back in the day that 70s show and risk holy that is uh me punch that in here that holy that's a 201 point Score, right there. Where does that, that, that,
2: that, that leave me?
0: Second place, Carl. That puts you in second place by uh, second place by twelve points. Holy shit! That's a hell of a score. Wow, dude?
1: I'll take that. I was, I mean, I'll, I I came in, I was just like shooting for respectable, so I'll take second place for sure.
0: Absolutely, it's tough to get second. It's tough to get big points on this show right now. Okay. Uh, a lot, it's, there's a lot of bunch up right now. I got to do like a full top 10 and figure out who's where because we've had a lot of uh, 100 to 115 point scores but very few that get into to the upper hundreds and let alone 200 so well played
2: Love it. Yeah, and, and and next time we get together Carl I'm gonna kind of take those lists down and we'll post this somewhere so people can see what our leaderboard looks like uh, now that Andrew Gillis is, is a silver medal on, on the podium with this uh, Andrew, thanks for doing Carl's Stupid Questions so well, and thanks for joining us on AusCaps. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank and you. everybody else, thanks for listening. We'll talk next week.